the NFL stands for not for long. Except Sharga and Armstead. Roll out. Walker still running out. Looks to the left. Wide open. Thompson touchdown. Colin Thompson with the touchdown. There was nobody within 20 yards. What of a catch off the bobble. Colin Thompson scoops it up. Lofting corner of the end zone. It is caught for the touchdown. The first NFL touch for Colin Thompson is a score. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Colin Thompson Show. Brought to you by Not For Long Media and our friends over at the original Fudge Kitchen. Shipping fudge and sweet treats across the country for those that can get down the Jersey Shore and have it. In multiple locations, all the way from Ocean City, New Jersey, all the way down to Cape May, New Jersey. Multiple in Cape May. Uh, check them out, fudgekitchens.com. If you can't get down the Jersey Shore and buy your fresh fudge and saltwater taffy and chocolates, etc., for the holiday season that's rapidly approaching the best birthday gift the best gift for your loved one on your anniversary screw the flowers uh they'll die after a couple of days but the fudge lasts forever now fudgekitchens.com the original fudge kitchen the official sponsor of not for long media and the colin thompson show today we're joined by mike Bereniak. this was a part of the quote-unquote summer series that i did uh in july of you know the 20 people that I interview so that I'm with a team this fall, we have material constantly, you know, a slow drip, if you will, of great material. And we had Mike Berniak on in July, the head coach of Weiner University, which is a Division three football uh, team that he's responsible for uh, right outside of Philadelphia. Folks that are driving north on 95, before you get to the city, you pass it all the time. It's on the left-hand side there. Great academic school, great athletic school, primarily Division three level, an awesome place. And Mike is an Archbishop Wood graduate where I graduated from, played tight end there as well. So Mike and I you know, grew up in the Doylestown area. Mike lives in the area now with his wife. So there's a lot of similarities, and we went on forever about scheme and leadership and coaching and you know, local talk, foreign talk, you name it. Mike was a great guest for us, so... Without further ado, we're going to send it over to Mike Breniak, the head coach of Weiner University football. All right, so we have the head coach of Weiner football and proud Archbishop Wood graduate, Mike Baranak. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing wonderful, uh, Colin. Thanks for having me on here. I feel, uh, you know, I feel a little out of place, to be honest. I, I, I listen to the podcast. I see what you guys are doing. I followed your success. And, um, you know, uh, just it's pretty cool to be on here with you. Some of the great guests you've had and to, for you to think of me, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, I joke with some of the guys in our locker room all the time. And I got to tell you this before we even get started is uh, I played tight end at Archbishop Wood and, and was all Catholic. And uh, the guys come in and I played a long time ago and they don't even remember some of the things we do. Um, but I have a joke with those guys because of your success and because of Kyle Pitt's success. And I'm sure there's guys there now. Um, I call it tight end, you know, tight end you. It's our little little deal. And uh, I keep seeming every year when you guys keep going on and doing these great things, I, I just bump lower and lower and lower on that list. And our starting running back, Sean Thompson, he he don't let me forget about that. So every time, you know, you scored that touchdown in the NFL, here we go, man. Coach B, you're down to you're down to number 13 on the list. And that's oh. kind of a running joke in our locker room. But uh, it's cool, man. I'm honored to be here. And, uh, you know, it's great following your success and seeing a fellow Viking uh, do some great things. No, I thank you, man. I appreciate it. Tumbling. Uh, I still consider myself just some kid from Doylestown who ran the bleachers at CB West and worked out at the YMCA and went to Nats Pizza, Mosquito Grill, got my tux at Ventresca's for prom and 
went to Archbishop Wood because my friends from CYO Romans football were going there. And I was like, well, I want to go play basketball at CB East. They're like, I think you should play football at Wood. I'm like, well, I want to play hockey too. They're like, I think you should play football at Wood. Okay. Yeah. And this is before Wood, what it what was, what it was. And everyone like makes this whole recruiting shtick. I'm like, there was no real recruiting. I mean, I, I think Joe said he called my dad and said, if your son wants to check out the school, there's an open house this date. You know, there was no, it's not what it is now. Um, but I digress. No, man, I appreciate you coming on. Actually, just another tight end. Of course, his name is slipping my brain today. He's at Clemson. Um, top tier guy, freak. Great. Now I'm down to 15. Yeah, sorry, man. So, bringing this stuff up. <laughs> it's really tough. It's really no, that's tough. great, man. That's uh, great. No, but we're excited. It's a proud place. Like we were just talking about on here that, that we're lucky to call home, but um, I digress. No, I, I mean, listen, don't feel out of place. You are completely welcome on this show. Everyone is. And, you know, I like to say we're no politics. We're no weed and booze and we're no hundred, hundred million, but you know, we're real close to Joe Rogan. We yeah. have, we have all walks of life on and you know, it's a lot in the sports world. So coach, That's it's great. a summer, it's July. Uh, what are you and your staff up to now? You guys get some time off. Like what's this division three calendar look like and division one. I know the guys get like two, three weeks off right now and they're really shutting it down. I spent some time with some guys this summer in Cape May, yep. but for D three, can you kind of take us through the calendar now through the season, through the off season? Sure. Yeah. Um, so July, pretty, pretty similar to uh, the guys at the higher level. That's our time to, to get away. Um, our guys are starting to uh, matriculate back into the office right now. I was in here earlier with our OC, uh, a couple of guys on our defensive staff, but it's nothing really mandatory. They can kind of uh, kind of make their own schedule. Some of our guys are away doing the vacation thing. Um, and we'll reconvene here as a full staff probably the last week of July. We'll open up camp uh, August 9th this year is report day, and we'll be out on that field on the 10th. Um, and then for us, the, the grind begins. I mean, it's uh, it's similar to, to any level. Um, Monday through uh, Friday is our preparation. Monday is our big game plan day. That's when we're, we're as a staff in there. Our players are off. Uh, that's a day where they can go get academic help, uh, you know, go see their advisor, go meet with professors, get their hair cut, do some grocery shopping. It's their day to kind of get away. Um, obviously, we play Saturdays. Sunday we come in. It's going to be some maintenance stuff, a lot of recovery, um, you know, a lot of time with our trainer, uh, strength staff. And then we'll we'll get together with them after we grade out the film uh, and, and we'll, we'll kind of make some of the corrections. Uh, we start off with the special teams uh, as a whole unit, a whole group. We'll get in there. I'll run the special teams corrections. Um, then I'll point out some highlights, some lowlights, some 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 things that we need to work on. Uh, and then we'll break up by position and we'll, we'll go through cut ups. Some coaches will will will. will you know, uh, grade out the game and correct the game through through cutups. Other guys will sit in there. You know, quarterbacks they're probably watching every single snap, uh, making sure you know all those things are are, are perfect and, and buttoned up for the next week. Um, and then our staff will will come in. We'll go have lunch. We'll work out. We'll we'll get away. Uh, maybe go see your wife. The kids will come up maybe on a Sunday, hang out a little bit, uh, and and then we kind of we're, we're kind of out after that. I give them Sunday, go home. I like to. I'm a I'm a sports fan, man. So like, you know it's the Penn state whiteout at seven 30. I'm watching that, man. Like I, I love ball. So I want to get home and, and spend some time with my two kids and my wife. Um, and then Monday morning I'll be up uh, commuting down here to, to Delco from Bucks County. I'll be in the office probably 5. AM and I'll, uh, I'll start putting my thoughts together, which probably start late Sunday night when I'm watching that West coast, uh, you know, pack 12 game or the, you know, mountain West game. And I'm jotting things down and texting the guys in a group text. Um, 
and then I come in with the staff. Uh, I'll watch some more film. I'll, I'll get my eyes on on our opponent, our graduate assistants, the quality control type of people. will have all the breakdowns and everything done for us Monday morning. Um, our guys usually start somewhere between 6 and 7 a.m. as a staff. Um, and they'll go through all the cutups and the, the game will be broke down. You know, if I'm talking from an offensive perspective, by formation, by down and distance, by field zone, um, you know, blitz, blitzes, red zone, backed out, coming out. Um, and we'll third down, special situations, all the score plays, all their big plays that they made. And we'll have all those cutups um, and, and we'll start running that. And everything we do, we're, we're an RPO heavy type of team. Uh, so it's going to be based off a lot of percentages. So. You know, we're okay with saying good play defense sometimes, if that makes sense to you, where if we run an inside zone and that extra hitter comes in and and makes a play down at the line of scrimmage, sometimes it's good play defense. We want the percentage of did it match up? Did did our study for the week mirror up with what we're seeing? So now I can go pick second level, third level, pick on one of those safeties, linebackers coming in the box and utilize our RPO game. Um, So basically when our GAs are breaking down that information, We'll come into the offensive room and you can see kind of a board behind me. That's a calendar, but there'll be something similar up there with all of our formations broken down. And it'll say, hey, you know, when we're in a two by two set or we're in a three by one with an inline tight end, they're playing a four down front. This is their primary coverage. This is the percentage of blitz we're getting out of it. And we start building by formation our game plan. And we'll do that Monday. And Monday's a heavy, heavy day, 6 a.m. till you know, till whenever we feel pretty good about what we got going on. Um, during that day, we have no nothing for our players, but you'll see the guys that at our level um, love it, you know, and, and have that mindset, that drive to be, be a guy at a higher level. They'll start coming in, those quarterbacks, those tight ends, certainly because I'm, you know, holding them to, to a little bit of a higher standard. They'll say, hey, what are you thinking, coach? I was watching this. I was watching that peak on it. Uh, Tuesday, we'll be back up again, 6 a.m. as a staff. And now we're we're going from the formation cutups into a little bit more specific things. Hey, let's start building our third down package. Let's start building our red zone. What are we going to do if we're backed up? What's our plan uh, for all those varying situations that could come up? That would be a Tuesday. Then we got a script practice. Um, and we have a standing meeting every morning at 930. So we'll come in. I'll sit with the whole staff at 930. Hey, here's what we got to go through. Here's the agenda for the day. This is what I liked from practice. Didn't like. Did we get this fixed? All those type of things um, go into it. And then we'll have our position meetings that afternoon on Tuesday. Um, and we practice at night. And the reason we have to practice at night here at Widener is because our guys are on co-ops, internships, doing clinicals. We have engineers, nurses, uh, future doctors. So they're out all over the city, which is a beautiful thing for us in recruiting. We can get guys to to come here because the opportunities for when the ball stops bouncing life after football are, are plentiful here. Um, but we work around them. You know, that's important. We, we very rarely at this level are going to send a guy to, to go get paid to play. So we want to make sure that we're putting everything into the outcome on Saturday and preparing them like you would prepare at, at Temple or Penn State or wherever you're at. But at the same time, we're, we we got to be understanding of when we're getting our work done so they can be preparing to become a nurse or a doctor. Um, Tuesday's our heavy day. We're out there. Um, in the past, it would be a full pad day. We've kind of gone to the, to, to the shells and, and, nice. and that yeah. kind of stuff, depending on – Depends yes. on who we are, you know, try and keep the guys fresh. I, I love uh, that. Oh, you know, I believe that you know, whatever the trainers and, and the, the strength coaches, I'm a football guy. So whatever the science is, I like to follow it. You know what I mean? If if that's going to make our guys play faster, or they feel better. I'm all for it. 
Um, and, uh, you know, then Wednesday we start breaking up situational type practices. That's where we're going to work on our two minute, four minute, uh, you know, different situations that, that are coming up throughout the game. Thursday is more of a uh, polish. You know, we're, we're, we're going to go through, we're going to hit our openers. We're going to hit our score zone, goal line type stuff, two point play. Um, and, and then we're going to hit a heavy dose of special teams. Uh, Friday is what we call mock game and mock game is it's a walkthrough. You know what I mean? You're coming out. Um, and, and we just uh, five minute uh, pre-practice, we call flip the switch every day and where throughout our practices in the season, we'll have a brief moment of competition, try and crank the energy up. What That could be a guy kicking a field goal. That could be a one-on-one red zone route. It could be, uh, it could be anything, anything we come up with or a player wants to come up with. We do some goal line run. You got third down, run, third, third one, what's your call? End of right. game. All yeah. that stuff, end of game, you know, uh, whatever that's it may be. Stuff, right? That's like, that's that's the best, like drop of a hat. And that's what it takes for players. It's really you testing your coaches. I mean, of course, it tests your players when you're doing one-on-one stuff. But when you're like, all right, coach, here you go, balls in the two-yard line, what are you calling, right? And then, yeah. boom, they, they have to get out of the fog a little bit too. Mm-hmm. And then, not that the coaches are, but that's just the reality of the profession. It's a long season. It's nah, not. Sometimes they are in the fog. And I, I like to mix it up. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I don't call the plays anymore. I got a coordinator on both sides. Um, so for me, how big is that? Because that's, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but yeah, no, that's a debate in football, right? Like someone asked me, like, what would you do if you were, if you were hiring an NFL head coach, what would you do? And I said, and this is nothing against coach rule. Everyone's like, you know, coach rule didn't call plays. No, I think coach rules unreal. Like the guy leadership wise is elite upon elite upon elite. But I'm just like looking at the world. It's like, all right, McVay, Shanahan, like you're hiring an elite OC to run your team. You got to get the right quarterback. And then that's the NFL. Like that's not almost, it's not real football. I hate to say it. It's, right. it's, it's not, it's not, it's not high school football. It's not college football. Um, the NFL is its own beast. And people sometimes don't understand that. And, that. and that's okay. It pays the bills. But my point is, how would you do it? Like how, how do you, not in the NFL, but like in high school or college, excuse me, in division three level, like, has that been a struggle for you not calling the plays? Do you enjoy it? Do you find yourself working on different avenues? What do you think? Yeah, I, I think for us, like, you know, a couple reasons that I'm doing it. One is um, gives me an opportunity to, to, to kind of expand a little bit. You know, you're talking at our level. We got to raise funds for certain things. I got to go meet with people. I want to make sure alumni feel welcome. I want to be um, a part of the campus community where if they call on me Tuesday to go help out with the students, I'd like to be available to everybody that, that can reach out and touch Widener football. So when you're calling plays, that, that becomes a little difficult. Um, for me, when I got the job, you know, I, I was a young head coach, man, 33 years old, get hired to, to, to run the program. Um, was coming off calling plays. We were scoring points. I was, you know, bounced around, had, you know, felt like I was going to be this OC offensive track in my football career. Um, and some of the best advice I got was surround yourself with really good people, you know, seek wise counsel. Um, so I spent time in Texas and uh, at the at the University of Mary Hardin Baylor and was lucky to be on a team that, um, you know, won a national title and it was just number one team in the country, ran like an elite level FBS football program in all aspects from facilities to the amount of coaches, to the amount of support, uh, the money, all that type of stuff. And um, there's guys in that 
world that are really good, that you're around every single day that you can trust and you build a relationship with. And I had an opportunity to bring one of those guys, Nathaniel Hogg, with me, who coached the offensive line down there for uh, about five seasons, uh, won two national titles, and it was his opportunity to start calling plays. So I had a guy that I knew what he was running. We saw the game the same way. Uh, I don't. I can walk in there at any time into that office and, and add my two cents into it. But I felt that I could step away and do some of the other things to make the experience for our kids here at Widener better that I can handle without having to to worry about those that, that calling the plays. Um, but I get. Hopefully that answers your question. But to get to where you were going with the NFL and like FBS, I, I think you know at that level there's a there's a innate pressure that's put on you from boosters fans community owners owners way uh, different (laughs) all those things that are different the pressure i have wonderful people wonderful athletic director wonderful president the pressure that's put on me it's self-inflicted i put pressure on myself because i'm a competitor you know i don't feel that i walk in here uh, regardless of the outcome everybody wants to win and that's we we know that and we're going to prepare to win but if it doesn't happen i feel like i can win at this level in many different ways we're graduating players. Our guys are going out and having wonderful careers. We, we, good, good citizens in the community. Um, so there's ways that we can win as we build to win on the football field. Where as if you're at an FBS school, you're in the NFL. If wins and losses and that ship's going to sink, yeah, I, I think I would like to be the one, you know, signaling in that play, calling in that play, talking to the quarterback through his headset because then I know. You know, there's no one else to blame but me. And I think I, I think I can't speak for those coaches. I would imagine there's a little bit of that that plays into it um, when, when, when they're thinking about how they make their staff. Um, but no for me, man, I, I, it, it's an opportunity for other guys to grow. So I like to to give yeah. those uh, things out. And, and trust me, my fingerprints are, are all over a lot of, of it. You know, but, yeah. And that's what, like Nick Sirianni in Philly, right? Like, look right down the street from where you're at now, right down, right up 95 North. Like he, he's like, I'm not calling the plays this year. The guy, reason why he got the job is because he was calling plays elsewhere, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to have that foresight to understand, like, am I a better consultant at this juncture? Not now. It's it's just really unique. And again, I've been in and out of the league. I've been in the AAF. I've been in the XFL. All these coaches coming from the CFL. And I've just been around so many guys. So it's again, people listen to this say, what's Colin saying? I'm not saying anything i'm just i'm just curious to see the process over the years like i played for mark trestman mark offensively genius the guy's a genius he's a lawyer you know he was bears head coach he two-time cfl champion but he didn't call a play but he sat in the back and installed the whole offense right so like i just found that extremely intriguing and that's why i love having you on the show because this is great conversations that we don't get to have i love it it spoils me because we can talk a little bit of football no doubt yeah. Now, I think, I think another thing, Colin, just to you know add on to that, if you look at how my staff is made up within our offensive staff room alone, you have a head coach, myself, who's called plays, a current offensive coordinator, our quarterbacks coach and our O-line coach have all been OCs. Mm-hmm. You look on our defensive side, our defensive coordinator, our, our, our special teams coordinator and our defensive backs coach have both been DCs. So. Yeah. When we're, coming, when we're coming in there, we're looking at it from uh, – we don't have the resources everyone has. We don't have 10 quality control guys. We don't have all that kind of stuff. So when a couple guys are making a game plan, to have other guys who have been through it and their feet have been in that fire of, of coming up with a game plan, calling the plays, situations, thinking ahead, playing that strategic chess match, 
um, I think when you, you come up on situations, you can rely on some of that stuff from other guys. Hey, I've been here before. I've been in the red zone against this type of look, and I thought the same thing you did. I'm telling you that's going to fail. You know, yeah. so you have that kind of checks and balances um, uh, amongst each other, and it's a really good working relationship with our guys. And, and we got a bunch of guys that, uh, you know, are in it for the right reasons too, man. You, you, you're coaching ball at our level. The guys ain't making millions of dollars. They're out here because they love the game. They love putting in the grind. They love coaching football. And I'll tell you what, you look at a Sirianni, um, and I'll say this to any coach in the country, and I say it when I go to the conventions and all that, if, if, if you want good guys in your program, I'd go looking at the D3 level because there's not anything in the world of football, and I know football's played at the highest level, but I'm talking about a job. There's not a any job in any facility in the country that a D3 guy hasn't done himself, which is really unique, uh, down to washing the uniforms. You know what I mean? And, and I think that gives Coach Sirianni, uh, when he does have those resources and those those horses in the National Football League, a different appreciation. I think he's able to build a, a, a different type of relationship with those players because, you know, Again, I don't want to speak for him, but I, I'd imagine his background playing at Mount Union, um, you know, the guys he was around there, he he feels blessed to be in the position he's in. It's not too, you know, he's right there with those players every day fighting for his life, too. And I, I think that adds a different perspective that maybe you can have a uh, you know, have a really good working relationship because it's it's the same here as it is there. If you can make guys better. I don't know if anybody cares where you come from. Um, you know, make sure that paycheck keeps coming in my locker on Tuesday kind of thing. So, and I'll listen to you, but you know, that, that, that's it. I mean, I think there's a lot of great coaches in the country at the D3, D2, FCS level um, that, that are awesome and they do a lot of different things. So, you know, picking their brain is, is, is pretty, pretty cool. I, I, I you know, you get those guys on your podcast, they'll tell you a lot of different things that they've had to do in their journey. Yeah. And that's why I like having you on, man. I want to hear about your journey because you, know, you don't wake up as a high school football player and say, I want to be a college coach here. I want to go the NFL there. I mean, you have goals in life. You want to do certain things, but I want to hear about yours. What were your goals? Obviously, a successful you know, high school football player. You, you moved on. I don't know. We don't, we're just getting to know each other here, and that's what I like to show. It's a conversation. But talk about like your journey, leaving Wood as a you know, high school football player, baseball player, and then to the seat you're in now. Yeah. So my journey is unique, man. And it's not perfect. It's not um, made a lot of mistakes. You know what I mean? Um, grew up in Chalfont. So where I grew up in Pennsylvania, you're familiar with it. And for people who are listening, man, I grew up in in a town in the 90s um, that was, you know, it, it was a Friday Night Lights town, man. It was the Mecca of uh, it was the Mecca of, of, of high school football in our area. You know, so you grew up um idolizing those star players, you know, the, the, the Dave Armstrong, who's, who's at our alma mater right now, man, that's a childhood hero of mine. You know what I mean? So I go in there to recruit at his place and I'm like, Hey man, should I ask him for an autograph? You know? Um, but growing up in that area, um, I had great youth coaches. So I got involved in youth sports right away. And I was around some guys that were influential in my life. Joe Holman, you spoke about him. I've known him since I was five years old. He's my first football coach, went to school with his sons, um, he, he's, he's a guy the night before the national championship in 2016 calls me when I'm down in Texas. He's a guy that, you know, I just, I love, I revere, um, I, you know, a, a, as a man and, and what he does in the profession. Um, you know, so, so having those influences, I knew I gravitated towards those type of people, you know, my high school coaches, coach D Giuseppe on the baseball field, Art Barrett and Joe Powell in the football office. Um, you know, and I, and I played, you know, I played every sport. I went from football into basketball, into baseball, back into football. And that was kind of my life. Um, my father was a high school football coach. 
uh, coached in Central Bucks East, Central Bucks West, Penn Ridge, uh, William Tennant. Um, you know, so I was always around the game and it was something that I loved. And if I wasn't going to be a player, you know, if I couldn't be the shortstop for the Phillies or the quarterback of the Eagles or the goaltender for the Flyers or something like that, the next best thing was I was going to find something to be in sports for the rest of my life. And um, I was blessed to be decent, you know what I mean? Have a good high school career and, and teams recruited me to play um, football and baseball. And I went on to college uh, to a place, uh, it was Western Maryland, McDaniel College now. Um, and I went there, I played two sports, football and baseball. And I'll tell you what, man, that was where I had to grow up. I was 17 years old, first time away from home, living in this, you know, this movie kind of town where everybody was mom and dad driving you to the next thing and people watching over you all the time. And I was out on my own and I made a lot of mistakes um, to the point where in baseball, you're, it's not as regimented as football where when you're in the baseball season, you know, I'm away Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm away again, Friday. And I'm, you know, I'm acting like I'm a 10 year major league baseball player. This is cool, man. I'm just on a bus playing baseball. They're feeding me. This is great. And I'm forgetting about all the business that I got to take care of back back on campus. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point for me, Colin. Um, and, and, you know, I like to be candid about it because I'm honest with the guys I recruit. And, and it's why it's driven me to this point. They said, Mike, this ain't for you no more, man. You, you got to go. And uh, when you get that call, you, you get humbled real quick. You know, your life kind of stops. Man, where, what am I going to do? Am I even going to get a college degree? All the things, sacrifices my family's made for me to get to this point, the town I lived up, lived in, like, man, I'm letting these people down. Mm -hmm. um, I just had to grow up, man. So I came home, back to Chalfont, was working construction, uh, went to uh, a community college, got my grades back up. And uh, being in the town we're in, there's a, a high school all-star game that's played every summer. Uh, and it was happened to be at CB West, which is right down the street. And I get in the car, I go over there, I'm watching the game. A good friend of mine who who's in my was in my wedding um, was transferring to Delaware Valley College right in Doylestown to play football, and I run into him there, and he he's he said, Mike, why don't you come back and play ball, and finish your degree? Um, and I was like, oh, okay. He's like, you know, let me introduce you to to our head coach. He's here, so I go down and I meet Jim Clements, um, who who long story short, graduate of Widener, got his coaching career here at Widener gave me a second chance to, to come and be on his football team at DelVal and, and had a wonderful, wonderful time. Played tight end there on some really good teams. And, um, you know, it was awesome. And then once once my playing career came to an end, um, you're in those exit meetings all the time. You know, every year, every spring, after everything, you're you're sitting down with your position coaches. I'm not telling you anything new. And you've been I have anxiety just you saying it. Right. My heart just jumped I'm like, man, exit meetings. You know, yeah. I could have had my last exit meeting ever. I'm a free agent. It could have literally been the other day. I mean, it could have been uh, right as the season ended, but I digress. Continue. Right. And, and so I'm having those exit meetings and coach goes, well, what do you want to do? And this is like my junior year. And, and uh, said, you know, coach, I, I, I really want to be a football coach. And he goes, OK, well, you know, you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll kick this down the road again, kind of when 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 things are moving forward. So I got there for my senior year and, uh, you know, starting at tight end, everything is going great. And um, uh, we're in an inside run period and um, we're running power and I'll never forget the play. We had a great running back behind us. He's an All-American. His name was Matt Cook, about 220 pounds. Um, and we're running, this is in season type stuff. So it's not good on good. And we're running ones, one offense, maybe going against a, you know, second team or a look group type of situation. And, uh, we end up running power and, and I block down on a seven technique and, and, and trying to wash him across 
the, the, the nose of the football and we're running off tackle. And um, somehow in the course of this action, I end up in a seated position, like the, the, the absolute worst case scenario I could end up in. I'm not on top of a guy. I'm not on the bottom. Somehow I'm in the, in the shit sitting up and um, guy comes in late after the whistle and dumps Matt cook and he lands boom right here. kind of snaps my head down hard. And uh, I didn't think anything of it hop up and uh, you know, here we go. We're going next play, you know, next practice. We finally get to water and um, take my helmet off, kind of loosen up my shoulder pads, take a sip of water and everything in my body like shuts down. Like I am in full cramp mode and I'm like, what is going on here? Long story short, man, get over, get the training staff over there. I'm going, I'm struggling to breathe, catch my wind. What happened? This and that. Take me for an x-ray. I end up getting a small fracture in my C6, C6, C7 area. And basically what happened was my neck kind of real quickly expanded. And um, it was, uh, went from like 1.1, centimeters is what the normal in between your vertebrae were when they pulled me out of the x-ray machine it was at 11.2 and uh i'll never forget those numbers it's weird that i remember that um but i was in a uh mri right right at doylestown hospital mm-hmm. and it's a funny story i walked myself into the emergency room campus safety takes me over there. this is the type of you know stuff you got at d3 right you and go over there. It's right down the street we're talking less than a mile maybe a mile less than a mile from the practice field yeah. and i'll roll in there and, uh, you know, I got my cleats on. I got an ankle spatted. I got the whole, you know, I'm, I'm in my my gear. I just, I'm in my lowers. And I walk in and uh, they go, we're going to take you in for an MRI. I'm talking, I'm conscious. Everything's okay. Seems to be okay. I'm not losing feeling or anything like that. So I'm thinking, man, I'll be out of here by dinner. They'll check me out. I'll be back in. Just is what it is. Miss a day or two. And uh, I was in the MRI. And if you, I'm sure you've had them, your playing career. I know your, your foot and all that kind of stuff. It's loud. It's kind of long. I slid in that thing, Colin, and I'm telling you, two minutes I slid out. And uh, they put me on a gurney, put me on a on a helicopter, and flew me down to Jefferson. And uh, that's when they first told me you got a broken bone in your neck, and this is this is serious. And the funny thing is, being the football guy, this was back when you know the swag the swag wasn't the same as it is now, right? And I had. This sweet, you know, short sleeve, gold Under Armour, perfect for the season on DelVal. And they sliced that thing off me. And I just remember just I was so angry that I lost my Under Armour right there. That was the only thing I could think of, man. I could get my Under Armour back. And I didn't realize the severity of it. And I spent the next four nights down at Jefferson in the hospital. And uh, coaches came down to visit me. It was it was it was just a blow, man, that like I never thought was going to happen. I was ready to go and win a championship and, and, and have a great senior year. And uh, things just happen. And it was kind of one of those things like, well, I screwed up my real first opportunity. And maybe, you know, this, is, you know, maybe this is a little payback and those type of things. There was a lot of, you know, you talk about the mental health of athletes and stuff like that. There was a lot of things I thought about, man. Like, why is this happening to me? Questioning myself. Um and, 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 you know, eventually I, I come through it and I get out and I have function of, of everything. But they they break the news to me. Mike, football's football's kind of out of the equation for you. And that was that was tough. And um, but I look back and I, I do believe I'm a believer, man, a firm believer in the Lord. And I think that, you know, my steps are guided um, and, and going back to my my failures, my first time away at college. 
my injury, those exit meetings where I wasn't sure of what I wanted to be. And I had those conversations with Coach Clem on the practice field, talking to Bill Manlove, who's a legendary national champion coach here at Widener. Every day I was the guy that like, you know, I was taking the water right by the coaches and asking him about football and picking his brain. And just, I was just always uh, enamored by those guys, those coaches. They just had such an impact on me. Um, so when I healed, I went into coach Clem again and he said, well, you got to finish college. You got to finish your degree. So you're going to stay in school. I said, yes, sir. And he said, we're going to make you an assistant. Why don't you come on and, and coach? So that spring, that same spring, I went from, you know, that fall I was starting a tight end, got injured that next spring I'm running the tight end room. Nice. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me because I'm coaching my friends and I had to earn their respect. I had to, you know, change that, that, that we're not teammates now. You know what I mean? I'm your coach. That's and tough. those guys were incredible. And I look on my coaching career back at that tight end room that I played with. And I have such fond memories of them because they really gave me my coaching voice and allowed me to have my coaching voice when they could have, it could have taken a different, a different turn there. Um, so I ended up working for coach Clem uh, all the way up till he left for Kutztown. Um, then I went to Villanova university, uh, did all the video, all the breakdowns was kind of like behind the scenes, quality control type of stuff. We're closely with the, the special teams coordinator there. What year, what year was this? Uh, 2012. Okay. Uh, we, we opened up with temple. They put it on us pretty good down there at the, at the link. Um, boy, but, but it was a uh, it, was, it was a good game for, for for us at Villanova. We found out in that game uh, we end up making a quarterback change to a guy John Robertson who ended up winning the uh, you know the Jerry Rice Award that year as the best freshman in FCS. Went on to win the Walter Payton in his career um, mm -hmm. and, and took us that season, led us to a, a CAA championship and and, a, and, a, and an opportunity to play in the FCS playoffs. So that was great. Um, and then Coach Clem had left for Kutztown, and my offensive coordinator when I was there. And the guy I first worked under coaching tight ends took over Duke Greco, who's had um, tremendous success there in his time as the head coach, hired me back on his staff. Um, I worked with him for, for a couple more seasons. And then in 2016, I went down to uh, Mary Harden Baylor uh, and, and spent two years down there in Texas. And that was an opportunity for me to kind of get out of my bubble, get out of the area I was at. Mm -hmm. go hear football from some different people, go challenge myself recruiting in a different area, the opportunity to go to Texas where, you know, there ain't nothing like Texas football, man. And uh, so, so it was awesome. Uh, won a ton of games there, got to play for uh, a future hall of famer and Pete Fredenberg, uh, three national championships, built that program from the ground up. Uh, he came from LSU. He was a DC at Baylor, DC at LSU, DC at Louisiana tech. And when he took over at Mary Harden Baylor, he said, hey, I'd love to keep my family who was living in Belton at the time, which is about 30 minutes um, south of, of Waco, uh, right there on I-35. And, um, you know, he said, but if I'm going to do this, I want to do this the right way. So from if, if you look at Crusader Stadium, the weight room, the locker rooms, um, the, the, the multi-practice fields, the two practice fields, the, the, the coaches offices, the recruiting lounge, everything we have at that level uh, for D3 was was out of this world. Uh, and, that, and that's how you do it. You know, you, you keep up with the arms race and, and you recruit great kids in a great area uh, and, and learned a ton of football and uh, ended up getting married. So my wife is actually from Del Val. She was a great softball player. Met her at, at Del Val when I was a coach in there early on in my career as a grad assistant. Um, she's actually on the coaching staff for the softball team now. And, and you know, we live in Chalfont, so we, we keep the commute light on her. She's from Lewis, Delaware. 
um, right across the, the ferry there from Cape. Yeah. Um, so I just took a ferry the other day. Yeah, spend a lot of time there in the summertime and uh, had an opportunity after the 2016 season. And uh, here's a funny story and, and how things work out is I took a job, a full-time O-line job out in Ohio at a D2 school. I drive out to Ohio and I'll leave the school nameless, okay, because I ain't throwing anyone under the bus. But I go out there and uh, some of the stuff that I thought I was going to have didn't come true. All right. So I was there for 24 hours. And the next morning we're, we're up and we're in a recruiting meeting and uh, we're going through it. And, and now when you work for Coach Fredenberg, you're, you're on your you're on it. Right. He asked you a question. You better have an answer. You better have an answer now. And mm-hmm. so that's just the way I operate. That's how I sharpened my teeth was just you are prepared for everything. And we're in this recruiting meeting and they're, you know, they're pulling up a guy. Hey, Colin Thompson from Archbishop Wood. Who is this guy? It's crickets. Right. Who, who's offering this guy? Crickets. And I go, hey, is the bathroom around here? Because I don't know anything about the facility. Yeah, it's right down the hall. And I kid you not, man, this is how the coaching world works sometimes. I walk into the bathroom. I pull out my cell phone. I call Pete Fredenberg. I said, Coach, it's Mike. He says, oh, how's everything going, buddy? I said, not good. Uh, not good. Did you give my job away? He said, no, not yet. I said, can I come back? And he goes, yeah, you can come back. What's going on there? And I kind of explained it to him briefly. And this is the man he is. And uh, he goes, I go, what am I going to do? Like, do I just go in and, and, and quit or do I go in? And he goes, no, this is what you do. And he's old, old, old veteran. He goes, go in and tell him I just called you back. There's an opportunity that you can't refuse and you're out of here. So I go into the coach. J- job's the same. My job's the same down there. There ain't no pay raise. I'm not calling the plays next year. He just does me a solid to get me out of a bad situation. And uh, so, so I leave. And that, that was the end of it, you know, and uh, I get in my car and I'm out in, in, in Ohio and I'm driving and a snowstorm hits like you wouldn't believe. And I call Pete again and he's like, well, when can you get down here? I said, coach, I got to go back towards Philadelphia. I got to get to Bucks County. All my stuff's there and I could be down next Monday. He said, well, how long is that going to take? I said, I'm not sure right now because there's snow piling up everywhere and I'm not really sure where I'm at. And what do you, what's the next closest place you to? I said, Pittsburgh. Hang up my phone. About 10 minutes later, the DFO at Mary Harden Baylor, bless her heart. She's a wonderful lady. Karen Goff sends me a text message and says, if you can get to this hotel in Pittsburgh in the next hour, there's a room there waiting for you. That's the type of guy that, that mistakenly I left and went back to, and it, and it saved my, saved my career. So, you know, all your steps, you never know how they're going to go, um, but you get around the right people. And I just believe that's that story alone uh, gives me the belief that my steps are guided in this path that as I go down life and uh, meeting these people and, and he, he went back there and uh, won a national championship that next year. We're at the convention, get an opportunity to come to Widener. Widener's in Delaware County, Lewis, Delaware, Bucks County, perfect spot for me to start my family. Uh, with my wife, Erin, and uh, came here in 2017. I've been here ever since 2018. Another crazy story is, uh, you know, we're two weeks out from camp, probably around this time. And uh, the OC at the time leaves to take a, a head job. And uh, the offense, the head coach calls and goes, yeah, the OC is leaving. And I said, well, let me call the plays. And uh, somehow I convinced coach Mike Kelly, uh, who spent time in the NFL, spent time in the CFL to say, yeah, Mike, take the reins. Uh, we went out, averaged, uh, I think, 32, 33 points a game, did, did some really good things, was able to slowly implement some of the stuff we were doing down in Texas, bring that RPO style of play here. 
Um, we didn't win a lot of games, uh, however. So after that season, they made a coaching change and uh, I'm going, OK, well, you know, here we go. You know, coaches are hired to be fired. It'll be the first time I go through this sitting in my office waiting for the knock to, to come and uh, it doesn't come. You know, so I call everybody I know, all my networks. What do I do here? Call Coach Clements, call Bill Manlove, who 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 is at DelVal as a consultant, College Hall of Fame guy, um, you know, won the national titles here. And, uh, you know, he said, just just do what you do, man. Start start working. So we hit the road. It was myself and our defense coordinator, Dan Connor, who's now back at Penn State, his alma mater. It was just us two. We're the only two left in the building. Um, and we kept uh, we kept it rolling and uh, we, we were recruiting. And, um, you know, doing doing uh, do running the weight room um, and uh, by the grace of God, they gave me an opportunity to, um, you know, be, be the uh, interim head coach. And um, Coach Manlove had given me the advice that when they name you the interim, make sure they guarantee you get an interview. And that's really all I had was the guarantee of an interview uh, and the interim coach. I went through the whole process and was lucky enough to. Uh, to get the job and we've been off and running ever since. Yeah, no, just so the gist of the story was, you know, I, I um, you know, coach, Co coach Connor was, was with me. And uh, the next morning I came in after just consulting with some of our guys and it was basically, let's just go back to work, man. We got to recruit and uh, you know, we got to set up the off season program. We got to do all the things that need to get done, even though there's no head coach here now. Um, and, and I just started doing that. And Dan was, was right with me, helping me every step of the way. Um, the two of us went out and recruited 50 players that year to our campus. So we brought 50 guys in um, and I called coach Manlove again and uh, th they approached me to be the interim head coach and remove, you know, put that tag on me. Um, and he, he gave me some great advice. He said, sign it, take it, but guarantee that they give you an interview. And that's all I had was a chance at an interview. Um, took that. And uh, you know, the rest is history. He ended up getting a job later that spring and, and we've been off and running, building the staff and uh, you know, had coaches in here, coaches move on for better jobs and have just, really been, you know, you know, trying to build this program back to, uh, you know, to the level of success that it's been accustomed to having for, for, for a few decades, you know? Yeah. Tons of success. Decades, really. Uh, I was waiting to hear what your answer were, but I mean, it's crazy. You guys had success at all different levels of professional sports from Widener. Uh, you know, I've, I've known some people that have gone through there at Colin Gillespie and, uh, the, even the point guard last year, Holden's a buddy of mine. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. From Cape May. So yeah. I know a lot of different folks that have gone there and obviously the Hirschman's and just mm -hmm. some legendary folks. Um, as we wrap things up again, coach, I really appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. I mean, th there's gotta be some fun recruiting stories. I mean, you kind of told them already, but like mm -hmm. in Texas, like what was some wild stuff you saw when you were in Texas recruiting, <laughs> going door to door, there's gotta be like some high school football coach. that was like out of a movie. Oh, they're all out of a movie, man. <laughs> to be honest with you, they're all out of a movie, high school football down there, Colin. And I, and I is, so big time is it's it's unbelievable i'll tell you this we used to uh we had the new stadium built crusader stadium was built and that's when i got down there they had the stadium already and that's where we would play they used to play at belton high school which was right down the road and we would have our walk through in the stadium and we would come back and my roommate and i we lived in temple texas which was where uh me and joe green's from um another big big time high school football program there next town over and to get from our facility through the streets just to get onto the main road to get to where we lived could take upwards of 35, 40 minutes in, in a town. That's a normal five minute drive because the amount of people uh, that would come for these high school football games, it was, it was unbelievable. 
Um, but uh, yeah, some funny stories in recruiting. I mean, the biggest thing was just just amazed at the talent that we were able to pull, um, the type of guys that we had. Um, you know, guys, we, we had a defensive end who was uh, phenomenal. Tedrick Smith went on to play in the CFL. Our defensive tackle uh, had time with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Blake Jackson was our quarterback. He spent time with uh, the Cleveland Browns um, and, and played in the uh, played for Seattle in this in, in this past uh, the, the the AFL, I guess, or the XFL. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one of those pro leagues. Sorry if I'm speaking out of turn to, oh. to Seattle, um, but but you know, converted into a wide receiver. If you remember. If you watch the hard knocks with the Browns, I don't know if you guys saw that when they were doing the uh, it's it's a disease or it's a poison, you know, getting injured. That was Blake. That was his little skit for his deal. He was our starting quarterback on our national championship team. Um, So these are guys that just, you know, really at the division three level, you don't see them. They're unicorns like at our level. And um, when you put Texas into perspective, you know, if you're if you're a kid from. Houston, you know, that's like, you know, that, that, that humid, you know, swamp type style. If you're in Dallas, that's like, you know, the city, uh, you're down in San Antonio or you're out in West Texas. These are all different, um, like regions. Like it's, 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 you know, a They're kid- like part of a country almost like you yeah, would like yeah. describe like Louisiana and then you would describe like whatever the desert, New Mexico right. being dry. This Correct. is in one state. <laughs> one state and, and and you can imagine all the great football that's played around there so if a kid from east texas is super talented you know and um he gets an offer to west texas a&m wow that's a 17 you know 17 16 15 hour car ride for mom and dad Big well time. guess what halfway across that you got to skip over i-35 why don't you come through mary harden baylor you know, so you, you we'd see these cats, man, coming through here on recruiting trips that, that had scholarship offers, FCS, uh, D2. And, and when you're talking D2 down there, uh, the PSAC's incredibly competitive up here. We're battling against those guys all the time, and they have great coaches and great programs, but they're not funded like the ones down in Texas. They're, they got all 35 full scholarships, and, and they're giving them out. And, uh, you know, you can convince a kid to, to pass that up because the facilities are, are so phenomenal. The opportunity to play on ESPN and win a national championship, get a wonderful degree, live in Hill Country in Texas, be in between, you know, Austin and and, and Waco. It was a uh, man. Sometimes it was shooting fish it. in a barrel, man. And there's, there's a reason it. why certain places are good. You know what I mean? No, so no. Uh, and you're in one of them. I mean, that where you're yeah. at, you can come down to Delaware, you can Maryland, up through Philly, Jersey, head out to West Virginia. You're going to be in Pittsburgh. I mean, it's kind of the nice part. And I think that's why the PSAC has success. That's why. Absolutely. Delval has success, right? It's a unique area with great athletics. And I think really in our area, everything has to do and draw back to 70s, 80s, 90s and Central Bucks West and the football and the pressure it put on everyone athletically, academically. To It, it forced coaches uh, in the area, youth coaches to step up their game. It step, made all the other high schools step up their game. And it's really unique. It's a kind of pendulum is now swung back from Pittsburgh and now you're having all these studs come out of the southeast part of Philadelphia. Absolutely. Uh, but my question for you and last question will be, what's next? You know, you have this awesome career. You're pretty open about, you know, ups and downs. We've all had yeah. them. Yeah. I got a lot of those same calls when I had to leave Florida and got medically disqualified and we're not welcome anymore and a .9 GPA. And it was a rough time. I ended up yeah. going to Temple and be the best thing ever happened to me. But 
what's next for you? You have aspirations to move forward. You want to be a winer the rest of your life. What are your thoughts? You know, I, I'd never say never and 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 turn down an opportunity to, to coach football at the highest level. I think that would be amazing. Um, but then there's a part of me, man, when you play, when you put your hand in the ground and it doesn't matter if you're doing it in Pop Warner, high school, college, the National Football League, there is an, there is something inside those human beings that is a little different than everyone. And I, I truly believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get around these guys and you're in this locker room, man, I, I'm a DelVal guy. I graduated from DelVal, but make no bones about it. You, you cut me open. I bleed blue and gold now. And, and there's a loyalty when when you're when you're one of those guys that played inside the trenches. So for me, um, you know, what's next is, is, to, is to come here in August and pour into our guys, servant leadership, uh, give them the best experience we, we can give them, um, keep recruiting hard and, and do our best to, uh, to represent Widener University uh, in a positive way, continue to produce uh, great graduates who go on and be very successful in their lives as husbands and, and leaders in business and industry and, and the medical field and whatever they choose to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the same time, you know, uh, we say it all the time, we want to win the damn game on Saturday. So we're going to prepare really hard uh, and, and do that. And my focus right now is, is here uh, with our football team. It's here with our coaches. Um, you know, and if I'm blessed, uh, how my footsteps are guided by the wonderful people here at Widener to, to better my family down the road someday, um, that would be wonderful. Um, but if I could sit here, just like some of the legends in my life that have influenced me, you talk about the CB West, uh, the Mike Carries and the Mike Pettins. Uh, we talk about the Archbishop Wood. You talk about Widener with Bill Manlove uh, and, and, you know, Bill Zwan, who was here and now making a, a long, successful Hall of Fame career at Westchester. You know, I, I, I would love to, uh, you know, I would love to say 25, 30 years from now that, you know, when people think about Widener football, they think about Bill Manlove. He'll always be number one. And then they think about Mike Baranek. So it wouldn't be such a bad thing to, uh, to to keep my roots right here. It's a wonderful university, a wonderful community. Um, I'm proud to be a part of it. And uh, and I just hope every day, you know, I do my best to live up to the guys who came before me. But it, it would be a blessing to be here for the next 30 years and, and, and have a long, successful career. And, uh, you know, I think this is a place you can do that. So I, I'm certainly fortunate. Um, you know, in my journey. And, uh, you know, that that's probably the next plans for me is Good man, I love it. just be here and do that. And, and uh, you know, but I appreciate you, man, having me on. It was cool. Cool talking with you. No doubt. For sure. The now, which I love, man. I'm, I'm excited for you. I'll be following now more than ever. Yeah. And uh, I guess I, I, I always say last question, but I have one more. We got to keep it that's fun. fine. Where I got you, I got nothing but time, man. <laughs> where are you going to eat? Where are you going to eat? Oh, you know, in Doylestown, man. Like, man, Doylestown. Are you still in Chalfont? I'm in Chalfont. I'm in Chalfont. So I live right on County Line there. You know, it's County Line. Are you in the MBI, like for crab Uh, cake? Come on, my MBI, man. That's I I grew up in that place. I shut that down. Shut that place down more times than I need to say on this. uh, I was gonna say Joe Rogan esque podcast, but um, wow, man. We uh, yeah, the MBI is always a great spot. Mike takes care of us when we go in there. Uh, man, I, I, you know, I'll tell you what, I got, I, I do got one story I got to share with you because I know you're a Cape May guy. My grandmother had a house down there. Uh, we still go down there. My wife's from Lewis. So we ferry over, we spend half our summer, uh, down there at the Jersey shore in Cape May. We were just down there a couple weekends ago, took my son to, to see the sunken ship and pick up some of those Cape May diamonds. And, you know, we get the fudge and we do all the stuff. There's a place on Bayshore road. It's called uh, flex. It's an ice cream shop. 
And it's right in the Villas in New Jersey. I don't know if you you've great been, food you've, in the Villas. You've, you've been down in there, yeah. Robinsons, you get the potato salad. Unreal, good, good stuff down there. So this is two years ago. This is when Coach Rule is 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 at Carolina, and I uh, so so I'm I'm pulling up. I got my two kids in the car, my wife in the car. I got my my cousin in the car with her two sons, and we're coming off the beach and we're going to get some ice cream. And it's, you know, 4.30 in the afternoon. There's not many people at Flex. It's not that Jersey Shore nighttime ice cream run yet. So I pull in, and the parking spots are those, you know, Notre Dame end zone sideways deals right there at Flex. And I pull around the corner off Bayshore, and there is a, uh, you know, a, a nice blue Mercedes parked the other way in the, in the thing. And I got the whole family in there. And I go, you know, typical guy, right? I'm in there going, this, who is this guy? Wait till I see who this is at the counter. And it's just me and him and our families. And I open the door and it's coach rule, man, ordering ice cream with his kids, having a good time. And I'm sitting there and he looks at me and I got an Andy Talley uh, getting the game bone marrow shirt. So right when he puts his eyes on me, he knows, okay, that guy's a football guy. And I knew exactly who he was. Ah, he's with his family. I ain't even going to say nothing. I'm not even going to say hi. And uh, long story short, we, 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 we run a camp here, a prospect camp, and uh, we were doing it with the University of Connecticut that year. Matt was at Carolina. He hires the running backs coach from Connecticut to go out with him to Nebraska, EJ, EJ Barthes, and we keep, the, uh, keep the, the camp rolling. So I'm down at the convention this year with the Texas High School uh, Coaches Association event, and uh, you know we're having a couple beers and talking football. I said, all right, well, this is my time. There's Coach Rule. I'm going up to him, just going to confirm that we're good to go with Nebraska guys coming out here for, for our camp. And uh, I'm going to tell him this story about it. And, and we laughed. We had a good laugh. We shared a good laugh. And he said, why don't you say something? I said, oh, you were with your family, you know. Um, but for sure, man, the Jersey Shore and Lewis. But back to your question, if I'm eating in Doylestown, man, um, before it was sold, and I don't want to put anything out there if it's not not great now, but my buddy Pat Cardi owned Coaches right down oh, yeah. in Doylestown. That was his shop. I'd eat there a lot, you know, uh, patronize him, you know, uh, you know, give him my business. Um, he was awesome. Moved to Florida. Um, MBI is always a staple for, for, for us. Um, man, there's, there's, there's mosquito a bunch grill. Of- I used to whack those wings back. Oh, mosquito good. grills wings. You can't beat it. No doubt about it. Uh, love getting a, a, a hoagie from Altamonte's. And then so since good. I'm a Chalfont guy, our pizza shop Spatola's, Right there on 202. Good. That's probably our main deal. Um, and actually, the, where the old Pena's Pizza was, right on 202, across from the old Pit Catcher, um, there the the, the uh, there's a new place that's gone in there. Um, so I've heard some good things about that. I gotta have to try that uh, little pizza <laughs> shop. Um, yeah, man. When I'm down the shore, it's uh, if I'm in Cape May, it's certainly we go out on the dock. We do the Lobster House thing. Um, love that. Hit the raw bar up. Try the um, Sea View next time you're down. Hit the Sea View. Sea View, okay. Right okay. across from Wawa. It's your type of spot. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Really okay, nice nice spot. Nice. All right, I like that. I'll try the Sea View. Um, I got to get to – I know you, you, you're you big in the Cape May Brewing. I've got to get down there. I've, I've tried some of their stuff, but I got to get to the actual spot. It's great. Um, and then we spend a lot of time in Lewis. So if you're over there, man, uh, you go over there with your wife or anything like Agave. that. Agave. is awesome. Breakfast at Egg. Um, La Tonateca, little Mexican place. Uh, right there off Route One, got great chicken nachos and margaritas, um, and and then the Blue Hen is another spot down in downtown Lewis that we like to go to. Um, so yeah, man, I, I'm not a, a stranger to good eats for sure. I follow the Sam Boners. I'm all about it. Uh, you know all that. There's another guy you got to follow. 
he's got my best man in my wedding, uh, Hoagie Dom. Okay, Hoagie Dom. Follow his Instagram. He, nice. He's huge, man. Uh, goes around, uh, puts on satellite things uh, where he's making his own stuff now. Uh, rates a bunch of different sandwiches, kind of like you do. You guys will be perfect for each other for a nice little collab. Um, you know, and he's an ex CB West football player. So oh. it would be, uh, you know, good, good, good shout out for uh, for my boy, Hoagie Dom. Hoagie Dom. He's getting a follow right now. Hoagie Dom. I love it. It's good stuff. The food no world has been great, man. I appreciate you coming on. 25,000 followers. He's got a good little following. Absolutely. But I can't, I can't leave. Now we're talking Hoagies. I can't leave as the head coach at Widener University. Okay. There's Philly and then there's Delco. We got to give Delaware County its props on, on, on sandwiches. Uh, the hoagies, the cheesesteaks, man. There's some great shops down here. Uh, a lot of places that that we go all the time. So any of the hoagie fans out there, the cheesesteak fans out there, come catch a wider football game, and and you're gonna have some good eats as well. They're unbelievable down there. We did a same boners episode on them, and it was like we everyone's like, you didn't cover us. I'm like, we just the episode was two like an hour and a half long. I don't know how we can't even. You can't. No, there's hoagies everywhere, man. They're everywhere hoagies, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you name it. Cheesesteaks, no doubt. But I appreciate well, you. Good luck this season, man. Yeah. I'll be dialed in. I'm looking no forward doubt. to following you no guys. Doubt. Same to you, man. And, uh, you know, I hope I hope nothing but continued success for a fellow Viking, man. Thanks, buddy. Go Wood. Appreciate you coming on. Coming from a time where kids think they're gangsta Talking like a dog, but they're living in New Hampshire I'm the only one playing the game